0: Hi, this is Pete Best, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night.
1: We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message people. We'll yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. If you happen to be listening live in Stockholm, Sweden, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, what the hell are you doing up? (laughs) Welcome to TalkCast 233, and join us as we talk about things this week that mean nothing to anyone but us, and the gajillions who listen to us with bated breath. Deep in Area 51, or bait, yeah, (laughs) could be. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 16, Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice, Psychotherapy Creamery. If it's eating you up, have another cup. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight is like half a crew. It's it's like the croup ward in here tonight. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, countess of shiny stuff, inaccurately referred to as testy, but n- not so inaccurate. It's our girl genius, <laughs> Kriana.
2: But don't take my word for it.
1: Oh, ho, ho, ho. We're starting early with this one, aren't we? <laughs> From the four color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely ginger ingenue who fell in love with Bella Lugosi on the set of Plan Nine from Outer Space and still has the angora sweater to prove it—it's the dead redhead.
0: Oh my God, was that Pete Best?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you know, my concern is kind of who the hell among our listeners is actually going to know who Pete Best was. I'm guessing our guests may know. Joining us tonight from the Inspector Chronicles the inspector himself, Travis Ritchie, and the director of the project, Nick Acosta. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
3: I have no idea who Pete Best was. Thank you for having us. Oh, (laughs) man. And thank you for having us.
1: Seriously, you have no (laughs) idea who Pete Best was. I've heard the name. I feel like, uh, was he a comedian
3: or a a singer?
2: No, we're so old. We
1: we We are old. It was Let's the see. original drummer for the Beatles.
3: Oh, there you go. That's why.
1: Who, who was who was fired from the Beatles I'm right before they hit fame?
3: Why? When have I ever shown because an affinity to you should know that? When have I ever shown an affinity to music loving <laughs> <laughs> or music details? The, the Beatles that's Decades before I was even born
1: Oh my good <laughs> lord Oh my good lord Here we go, we're going to start <laughs> early with this Anyhow, what's been happening this week uh, Well, half the cast Spent the weekend last weekend At the Pop Culture Expo in Massachusetts And, and the other am-
2: half spent it Hacking up a
1: lungs. Hacking up lungs <laughs> It was not, not pleasant at all But uh, No, no, no,
2: the Pop Culture Fest was pleasant
1: Yes, and hacking up a lungs wasn't. I want to thank uh, Gary Summers for uh, inviting us to the festival, and and literally rolling out the red carpet. There was red carpets everywhere. Everybody He's was covered in red carpets. Covered, covered in velour. It was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I have no idea, uh, but I mean Gary did a phenomenal job with this. His Hawaiian shirts were not to be believed. <laughs> and, uh, that I, also I wanted... believe. <laughs> and we, we got to meet some of the most interesting people. It was the oddest mix of people ever. I mean, first of all, Gary grabs me and goes, you know, you've got to interview these people.
3: I really thought the guy's name was Gary Grabs Me for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
2: it, it, it
3: might never be. Heard
4: of him it either.
1: You it know,
4: might I be now.
1: Interesting story about how it. I met the guy. Uh. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's a great Billy West voice. And we saw Billy West again. And uh, Billy was just, just flipping out voice after voice after voice. You know, shut up and take my money whenever anybody <laughs> was looking at him. It was great. Uh, so he was and, in and,
2: a very good mood then.
1: <laughs> yeah, he absolutely was. I mean, he was just, just you know, sitting there. And he had, It was like he was holding court. I mean, he was in his hometown. Uh, and we also did meet Pete Best, who did the opening. Uh,
0: That's
1: cool. He, well, Pete is kind of a cool guy, and you know, uh, the roll of the dice went the wrong way forty years ago. But more than uh, that,
2: dear, more than that, <laughs> yeah, like fifty years ago. I'm trying to be nice.
1: Ago. More quiet. than that,
3: <laughs> quiet. <laughs> I mean, because he was born, he started off really strong with a name like Pete Best. Yeah. And uh, you'd think he was going blazes with that. It's like boyish the Extraordinary. That's, you're just destined <laughs> for greatness.
1: You would think. You would think. But uh, also, uh, we met this young man who's got a show on the Disney Channel by the name of Mike Manning. Uh, I know Mike. He's a friend of mine. And he's he was just a hell of a lot of fun. He was a great guy. And, and he was geeking out with us for an hour of, of just good geek fun.
2: <laughs> really? Well, you can geek out for an hour? I never would have guessed that. I know, I know. I know.
1: Mike he's is kinda... a
3: huge Superman fan and he and I uh, battle over that. My boyfriend drew a picture of him as Superman for his birthday Aww. and uh, I was really upset because he didn't draw he didn't draw me. Uh, I mean, he drew me as the inspector like way back, but uh, he didn't you know, I was like,
1: I want a picture of me as Superman. <laughs> oh, who does it? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Anyhow, Mike's got a, a horror flip coming out in a couple of months called Case Number 13. And we're going to try and have him on for that, because I think that would be really, really cool. Uh, we also met uh, Elena Huffman from Supernatural. Hey.
2: Nothing.
1: And, nothing. And, and, Just saying, yeah. I'm, glad,
2: I'm glad I wasn't there, because there wouldn't have been any questions. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
1: Okay, guys you remember how difficult it is for me when in the presence of a beautiful woman yes. to interview them?
2: She is yeah. gorgeous. Not
1: she lie. is phenomenally gorgeous. And uh, I had my moment of stupidity quite early on.
2: As you uh, are wont to do.
1: As Yeah. As <laughs> me being the wonderful interviewer that I am. And she was just so kind and gracious and, and absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And uh, I can't thank her enough. And uh, Christian...
2: wait wait till we get John Barrowman in the room with
1: you. Oh, oh good lord. He's
2: gonna run circles around
1: you. Yeah, you know,
0: X is supposed to be in charge of him.
2: I I had heard that.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yeah, that'll be scary.
2: <laughs> yeah. His
0: blood pressure is up now.
2: <laughs> Wonderful.
1: And then, you know, sitting next to her is Christian Naren, who plays Hodor on Game of Thrones. And if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, and I hope most of you have, the guy is looks to be huge. And you you think that uh-huh. yeah he's a big guy, but they do a lot of forced perspective in the whole thing. And uh, no, he's that big. <laughs>
2: they do not.
1: <laughs> they, they absolutely yeah. do not. This guy is, uh, I mean, I sat next to him and I felt like a midget. I felt like I was four feet tall. And I'm looking up at him, and his hand is bigger than my head. And he still just was an incredibly cool, incredibly nice guy.
3: You could play, like, uh, Hobbit role-playing games with him pretty well. Oh, right? you absolutely can! Oh, my God! <laughs>
1: just it was- Call me
3: Frodo one time!
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we spent some time with animator Bill Plimpton, who did and about a dozen other animated movies. And he was just uh, very gracious uh, with his time with us. And we met two guys from uh, from Jim Henson Studios, uh, Bill Diamond and Jim Martin. Bill Diamond and Jim Martin, who both worked on Sesame Street. Bill also worked on The Dark Crystal and Fra- Fraggle Rock. And Jim Martin, who was a bear in the big blue house, and also did the great Space Coaster. And we're going to be talking with them both later on in the, in the in the coming months are
0: they uh, uh, on the TV show?
1: on which TV show? Oh,
0: Henson's Creature Henson's. Shop
1: no they're not as far as oh, I know oh, okay. no they own on their own production companies now
2: oh ok but, but they uh, were with Henson way back when
1: way back when uh, through the Dark Crystal and that era as well that's through Sesame Street
2: by the way having watched Creature Shop a couple of times yeah. totally derailing this conversation for a minute. Because um, <laughs> I never Did do this that. this
1: conversation
3: have rails?
2: <laughs> yeah, actually. Um,
3: I got the impression this was all just kind of willy-nilly all over the place, wherever it happened to go.
2: <laughs>
3: which is <laughs> good,
4: go. which is fun. Uh-huh. This
2: just happened. So where I'm going is Brian Henson looks entirely too creepily like his dad. Oh. Like,
1: kind of does, yeah.
2: Like, if you close your eyes while he's talking, it could be Jim. <clears throat>
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You don't even
2: have to close your eyes because he looks enough like him. You're like, is he really dead, or did he just like murder his son and decide? <laughs> like, is, is he one of those like never aging people, and like he just found this kid and was like, yes, this is a uh, my son Brian. And when he's old he, enough, he has to, he's uh, just re- like restart his
4: life. That's a you know, exactly. and Just you know, like Always I'm
1: his son. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And is it bad that that's the first thing I thought of to explain it?
1: Yeah, it is kind of, but I that's see. okay.
0: That's yeah, very. Was, speaking of Pete Best, that's kind of like the whole Paula's
1: dead though. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be <laughs> odd. Um, there was, there were a whole lot of uh, interesting vendors there, and uh, you know the, the requisite comic books and collectibles, and because Gary's. Totally, Mr. Collectible. And there <laughs> really? Were a lot of no stuff.
2: way. How,
1: I know, hard to believe that? <laughs> But there was this uh, one young lady there, her name is Sarah Hensley, from a, a company called Mad Scientist Lab. And she had all these hand-painted lab coats and, and lab wear Ooh. that was actually really, really special, really nice stuff. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a good talk with her as well. We have an interview coming up with her shortly. Uh, And these are all
2: on the coming up calendar, right?
1: No, none of them are on the coming up calendar. Of course they're
2: not. (laughs) 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 Why would would you have done that? That would be entirely too much to ask.
1: You know, that that would mean we were actually planning ahead.
2: So speaking of beloved childhood television shows...
3: Oh my god, where are we going? (sighs) I know exactly
1: where we're going.
2: Too bad, too bad zombarians. Oh, did we lose Nick too?
1: Did we lose Nick again? We lost, yeah, we did. We lost
2: Nick.
1: Oh no. He's just maybe restarting.
0: Dome. I'm telling you, there's a Skype thing going on
1: tonight. Okay. Very quickly. Butterfly in the sky. Yay. I Back can fly glow. twice as high. <laughs> I suck at this. It's Take a look. We're in a it book we reading <laughs>
3: rainbow. It's reading really rainbow. Very nice. I Yay. can do anything. Friends to know, the ways to grow, reading Rainbow, reading Rainbow. I'll do, like, all the parts.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yay! It was, Thank you. The,
4: again. That's
3: I what I grew up on. Not, not, not the Beatles, but, like, seriously, reading Rainbow yeah. and... Uh, uh, you know the those guys, but you know, obviously, Reading Rainbow is great right now because of what's going on on Kickstarter. So,
1: go ahead, crayon. I talk about that.
2: So, so Lavar Burton, who came out with this award-winning, hugely popular Reading Rainbow iPad app uh, recently—well, not so recently. You know, I think it's 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 maybe a year or two old.
3: It's about a year old. It came out. I met him at uh, at uh, no. It's not even that old because I met him at. Uh, Kamikaze last year, which is kind of towards the end of the year, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. Stanley, anyway, is. and it came out right after that.
2: And so, a ador- lovely iPad app, you know, it's getting great reviews, everyone loves it. LeVar Burton, not content to rest on his laurels, <laughs> says, but not every child has an iPad or other type of tablet. How do we get Reading Rainbow, since it's no longer on the air as of two thousand nine, and boy, did I not know that! I was like, "Who can? What Grinch canceled Reading Rainbow?"
0: The same one who took off uh, the the Conjunction Junction and all those Schoolhouse yeah.
2: Rock, Schoolhouse Rock, and Community, Rock and
0: community. Yeah, and community yeah, yeah,
2: community, right. clearly,
0: and, community. and Firefly.
3: <laughs> Let's just blame it all on NBC
0: and Fox. Nope. N A B C actually for the other one. Yeah. Let's
3: blame everyone.
0: Yes.
2: Everyone?
3: Darn you to heck.
2: You suck. (laughs) But like seriously, reading Rainbow. So That'd be like canceling Sesame Street.
1: He opened up a Kickstarter project two days ago.
2: Asking for
1: one one million million dollars. And
2: so far, he is really, really close to two and a quarter million
1: dollars. <laughs> he's actually past two and a quarter. He's almost... No, he's
2: two, not. I just... I have it up right here. So do
1: I. Is it two thousand two million two hundred and seventy-five thousand?
2: Oh, it, it decided not to update. Thank and you. What are some that, of the that things just you, shows you right is he there. giving anything away? Or? He are is. They... He's giving tons of things away. There are... He has tiers of rewards based on your interests so the the first level tier of rewards is all geared towards this project which makes good sense and then there's a whole tier of rewards of the higher variety geared towards the, the school portion of his project and then there's the star trek rewards yeah oh so for $10,000, you could frickin' wear the visor.
4: $10,000.
2: I don't think that's too much to pay, honestly. No.
4: Wait a second. Like put on a visor? Well,
3: no, not visor. The, the, the visor. visor. <laughs> the
2: visor.
3: <laughs> the one that he actually wore on the show, supposedly. Although, you know what? I have a pretty big head. I kind of <laughs> doubt that it would fit
1: me. <laughs> yeah, but also for $10,000 you can get levar to come to your school your an elementary school of your choice have him visit the school read live for the children and teachers in a school assembly meet him in person do a meet and greet for teachers and parents plus in the there's an adopt a school package that they roll into it
2: that's and a- and i'd like to point out that they limited that to 10 and there's only 4 left
3: yeah wow that's, that's pretty really slick cool. in 2 days oh. You know. At know the
2: ten thousand dollar level
3: but you know what'd be nice is if if like a school could also nominate uh an underserved school because you know it's the rich schools that are yes. getting that you know the ones that have ten thousand dollars to blow it'd be great if lavar would also go to you know podunk wisconsin and um and you know visit them and read for them and
2: Right. What do you have against Wisconsin?
3: I'm from Wisconsin. That's why I said Wisconsin. I uh. <laughs> want a Burton bar- a to go to my school in Lake Mills, Wisconsin, and read to the kids there?
2: Well, for ten thousand dollars, you can.
3: Well, but that's what I'm saying. I can't afford it, and they can't afford it. So I'm get. I-, I wish that they would have had something set up so that you know these rich schools that are able to afford that ten thousand dollars could also uh, pick a deserving but maybe underfunded school to also receive this perk
2: well you hear that lavar i know you're listening it could be a stretch goal
4: yeah lavar is
1: a big fan of the show
4: i I I have i have to say something by the way about this thing is like the the funniest thing about it is like my mind just Overthinks so, it like the ultimate Star Trek. You know the Gordy's visor. You get a personal dinner with them. The, the way I see is it, like, do you do you sit down and wear the visor while you're eating with them? I <laughs> would. <"What?"> yeah. What? <laughs> Five, four. Okay, you're done. <laughs> it's just like, I think, like yeah. I, I want to sit there with the visor and be like, so how is your shrimp?
2: they <laughs> will have a professional photographer sitting, there to uh, document the, the whole
4: electromagnetic uh, radiation. Uh, oh my god, that would be me the entire time. I'm sorry. <laughs> that
2: would be amazing. You you could change modes and like go to night vision and whatnot.
4: Yeah, and and then also think about it. You'd be the, the 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 one like person sitting there with a visor next to Levar Burton in this like fancy restaurant, and everyone's just like, "What the hell's going on over there?" <laughs> Like, <laughs> this this is is like hard. Check out that waitress. You can
0: tell just... him it's sunglasses. Have you seen some of those sunglasses that look <laughs> like giant visors?
4: Yeah, yeah, those yeah. big metallic
2: reflective ones. I mean, you could say, "Hey, it's my glasses." No. Yeah, I, you could You can make them feel bad. You could be like, "I'm legally blind."
4: Oh, there you <laughs> or, go. Or you could just say, "That's the nerd over there who put ten thousand dollars to sit next to me and <laughs> yeah. put on a visor." I mean, I'm a nerd, but I, I think I'd be like, "Hey." Here's Uber
3: my- nerd. It. <laughs>
4: Say, no, no helped, you know what? I helped
3: children. What? Do you hate children? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there we go.
1: I helped children. Damn it! Let me live. That's right. Shut up and take my money. Well,
2: <laughs> that's that's what I told Lavar Burton this afternoon when I pledged a hundred
4: bucks.
3: Wow, that's pretty good. I gave my I gave my little bit too, but I don't have uh, I don't
4: have a hundred dollars to spend so. But I did I was, pledge. I, I was I was too busy putting my money so I, that way I could be in Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> Are we not you, talking about that one? Because that, that's the one I put my money in for. Sorry. But <laughs> no, what's the deal for, with that? I there, do. There's, uh, I, there's I no saw such the thing. For
3: that, but I want to. Uh, there is such a. You can no, be a fan of Star Wars it's not and Star Trek,
2: and, no, I, I am a huge fan of Star Wars, and that's why the new movies aren't happening. They uh, are uh, a uh, capitalist don't you pig.
3: Listen, don't you want to have... I mean, here's the thing. I'm being extremely cautiously optimistic, but, you know, a part of me does want some <laughs> bandage to go over the gaping wound of the prequels.
2: <laughs> and, and I could give a crap about the prequels. <laughs> the EU, the dozens, nay... No, dozens is about right, of novels that came out after the first Star Wars movie's we're freaking amazing,
4: and you know what? Mind you, be aware. Like, y- yes, they're you know we don't want this, but you know what? First off, it's in great hands with Abrams. I no, about. it's
2: not. Oh, oh no. my god, god. He's, he's the
4: has, worst. He is not the worst. He
2: is the worst. Name one worst person.
3: Lucas. Uh, yeah, George Lucas or. George Lucas. Uh,
2: no, I think I think he's still better than George Lucas. I would literally Michael rather Bay. see George Lucas was do it. I to say Michael Bay, that would be my pick. Yeah. I would rather see Michael Bay do
4: no, it. No, no, no. I no, remember, no.
0: actually
4: I actually remember when um there was the shortlist of all the the directors that they're like, "Oh, it's you know, Spielberg or Christopher Nolan and all of them." And you're like, "I don't see them and everything. And I did see Abrams." But one of them always like m- like blew me away, which was like like David Fincher, and I was like, "There's no rape in Star Wars." What is David Fincher doing on this list? I was like, "Fincher cannot direct a Star Wars movie. I will not allow that." But Abrams, okay, I would.
2: let me just put it this way: if I ever had the opportunity walking down the street to see J.J. Abrams, which would be hard because I have no idea what he looks like, I would kick him in the nuts. <laughs> Why? Um the two Star Trek movies, if that wasn't enough, the epic failure that was the attempt at lost, the epic failure that was the attempt at Alcatraz. Actually I can't think of one thing he's ever done that wasn't an epic failure. Fringe
3: four seasons of Fringe
2: was also great. an epic fail yeah, first but four friend. seasons were okay. I'll give you that.
4: But this after that,
2: great. it was trash. Mission Friends Impossible was awesome.
3: three. Mission Impossible Three was amazing.
4: Yeah, and like you're saying, like there's like I can't think of one, and I can think of many that weren't failures, especially financially. I I think you're just not financially
3: is not a bearing. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you there too, Nick, because yeah, financials. I mean, we as fans don't care about that. We want something that's good. No, wow. no,
4: I, and I'm, but I'm taking in the whole perspective, as in quality and financial. No, so. I, uh, I, I can give Bay a crap about the whole perspective.
3: And he's the shittiest director. Yeah, he I just can. has
4: one, though. That's all I'm saying. He has one. Michael uh, J- Abrams has both. So,
1: But here, here's my problem. When he took over the Star Trek franchise, uh-huh. the first time he sat down with the press, he said, You know, I never liked the Star Trek <clears throat> movies. I never liked the series. I never really watched them. And to take on an iconic series like that, to take on an iconic franchise... At least you don't say character. that. But
3: look at how he did it, though. What he did is he, did he surrounded show. himself he you surrounded say, himself with people. Uh, one of his his right hand man, he made sure was a huge Star Trek fan, so that he could uh, he could vet basically everything that happened. There were three people who worked on Star Trek, and granted, I had real issues with the with the late uh, what the darkness. Um, the dark into darkness into darkness. Uh, but the first one. All right, had-
2: all right, let's just let's just go with the first one for a minute here. Because I, I watched the first one well, well after it was out of theaters. I watched it at home, probably uh, rented it off of Amazon Prime. And I was sitting in the armchair with, with a bunch of friends, and they were like, you're gonna love this, you're gonna love this. It was so good. And I'm like, I don't think I will, but let's try. And <laughs> a girl, well, the girl, the one girl in the entire film, walks, walks onto the screen and my girlfriend, who also had not seen it, was like, oh, that must be Uhura, and I turned to her and I go, honey, every black woman is not Uhura. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Except I was, was wrong. It was
2: wrong. <laughs> like, okay, okay it, just, even ignoring the lens flares, the the entire plot was trash, and How, the see, the I actors,
3: the I mean, actors because,
2: like, were actually pretty good. For the most part, most of them.
3: In the in the entirety of the first movie, I really only have two issues, and they were <laughs> not huge issues. One of them had to do with the size of the engine room uh, being the size of a of a of a beer cannery. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it
1: was a beer cannery.
3: I know, I know, but it, I mean, it that should. Cannery, I, I, uh, it was weird beer. that it looked like Proof. that brewery um, and then the second one was just the, the just a scientific thing like uh, being able to see the collapse of a planet via a black hole from uh, a planet that's close enough to see it with the naked eye and not no, have any
1: effects. You know what's
4: also, you know, also weird? Explosions in space. I mean, and also sound. I mean, in that case, why don't we just right. put out so every single... Are, but yeah, I mean,
3: those are just two minimal, minimal well, things. Well, wait, 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 wait.
2: You, You're telling me you had no problem with Spock getting it on in the middle of the movie for no apparent reason? <laughs> getting on with... Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember it well Vulcans enough to know that that Because Vulcans don't really do that.
2: Like, but here's
3: the thing. That, that, what I liked about it was that it was. It had the spirit of Star Trek, and it had. Uh, but and and they also made a point. It wasn't a reimagining. They made it. They made a point to create a, a, a universe that they could play with, but still keep the original universe intact and and part of this world.
2: I feel which, like they just shit on it. How? How did it do? How did it have? Anything? Because because they they were like, yeah, okay, we have all of this history. And it means nothing anymore. So yeah,
3: that's not, That's exactly the opposite of what they did. They nope, kept yeah. all that history. They made, made. They made a point to say, "Look, all this stuff that you love happened in in our and Still might it's happen. Just, it's just in a different timeline that we can now. We have freedom as filmmakers to play with. And yeah. and, and, and we're over. That's we're your over cake. And now you can eat it. cast. T- the history was so different, yet that crew ended up together on that ship. Says so much about the fate. I mean, if you're a fan of that universe, uh, that that crew on that ship is important to fate itself. That they um, ended up
4: together again. And also, and also, quickly going back to what you were saying about like, you know, you know, JJ Abrams never watched Star Trek and wasn't necessarily into it, yeah. and 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 was you know and how it made him a you know a director. That could be said about me. I didn't watch community or even uh, Doctor Who prior to making Do not
2: a- tell me that
4: <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> is wrong
2: with you? Oh boy. Dude,
4: mind you, I did the research. I had people who did know around me and let me ask you, are you happy with what we put together?
2: Well, yes, of course, but then, but you're not that... going around saying, yeah, 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 I really hated Community when I saw it the first but time. But I think
3: but. What, what the reason that it's important to say is that what it shows is that it became important. Now, just because he was never a part of the universe. Uh, but the that's version. not what he
2: said. He didn't say, I wasn't a fan of this as a kid, but, you know, working on it has changed my life. He didn't say that.
3: I'm it is sure kind it of what he said. Though. It is kind of what he said. I mean he and said way, he never he said he never liked the original series and quite frankly I never did either. Uh, but he but he did something with it and made it new and made it appealing to not only current audiences, but also kept the spirit of the
4: original um the here's original my thought. Oh if my you god, this is what movie, it
2: feels like to be old.
4: And trust me, if you direct a movie <laughs> oh, no, if you direct a movie, whether you're a part of it or not, it will change your life. No matter what, so I mean, you know, even this—it changed. You know, the project I, every project I do, the project that I'm doing with Travis, it always changes your life and your view on something. So trust me, if he put that much time and effort to doing it, he wouldn't direct something that he didn't like. He's that kind of person. He doesn't. I know. He
2: just ruins everything he touches.
4: Not so. I don't don't want him
2: to touch anything I like.
3: And and, and I don't mean to be an apologist for J.J. Abrams, because I do agree with that. I do have my share of problems with his work, uh, mostly having to do with his endings. But what he is really good at is he has a great visual style. He surrounds himself with people who are better storytellers than him, and he has done that specifically with Star Wars. Uh, and <sighs> Wait a he, minute,
2: wait a minute. He has a great visual style. Absolutely. That's what suckers me in every single time. And be <laughs> better storyteller than him, so anyone... No, okay. that's and not see true. That's not true endings? because JJ, JJ plays
3: in broad strokes. JJ has great concepts. If you look at the shows that he's done, have all had great concepts. <laughs> so his pitch for them is awesome. I mean, everything Lost, Alias, uh, you know, uh, Fringe—they all are great. Until he, I mean, he has to hire writers, and and invariably, it's it's not actually his fault that they they veer so far from his original vision. But so um, yep. What we need
1: to do is kind of move on but I just want to say I want to get my two cents in and then let's fly off someplace else. He had the option to do one of two things in bringing the Star Trek series back. He had a wealth of history to continue with or go back to the beginning and somehow reboot the series. And he did both. Yeah. He did neither. He did both. He I'm copped their, out. He Nick copped out that.
2: hard because instead of making a choice, he he tried to do both and ended up doing neither.
1: Oh. And, awesome. and my problem was that it's a disservice to twenty-two years to say, "Yeah, that's good," but here's something I think is better. And in the long run, the fans disagreed with him. To a very large degree, out of them. (laughs) See,
3: yeah, need. I agree too. I mean, I I agree with Nick. I I have always loved Star Trek and the Star Trek universe uh, most of all, out of all the science fiction universes. And I was in that movie, and uh, I felt so, I felt it. It it was so powerful to me how he made it clear (coughs) that the universe, that universe, and 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 like I said, that crew and that ship are important. in a way that I never thought that they'd be able to do. So
4: And then and and lastly I have to say this has to go not with just Star Trek, not just with Star Wars, but every film and project is that in the end, I mean there's fans and there is showing, you know, your love for something, but then there's also like being a fanatic and which again, you're allowed to be a fanatic, but I'm a fanatic with all the things, but you know, you have to realize it's you, you got to move on and realize that there are other visions, other views, other things. I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. Look at comic books. Comic books constantly are changing stories and concepts, and people like them. And they and most people like the comic books for that, but when movies do it, it's like everyone, you know, pisses and moans, but it's like, remember, they have to do that in two or three hours while comic books have seasons seasons. But my whole point is like let things go and just just ex- respect the fact that, okay, you had what you had in the past, or with this one project, or this retelling of it, now you got a new version of it, if you don't like it, cool, but you don't have to be like, it's the worst thing to ever hit the world, it pisses, like, they're not doing that, they're just trying to make a new version, a new story, and also make it for everybody, rather than just this one group, who have grown up with it in a certain way, so, you know, that's the way I see it, you know. (laughs) But yeah.
1: So, the BBC, which had a series called Doctor Who for 48 years... was actually considering canceling it when David Tennant left. Wow. and that kind of blows me away too. Ooh, where did you hear that? That seems ridiculous. Well, a lot of stuff seems ridiculous until you actually uh, look at it. it's a it's an article in i o nine this week uh-huh. kind of wow. details how it went down and what actually occurred.
3: Well, and uh, I suppose at the same time they were losing their showrunner too. so that's they had a couple different Yeah,
2: yeah, that, isn't that when he started working on, like, Sherlock and stuff? Right, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my God, that show is amazing. See? And there is Sherlock, and Sherlock has been done a million times, and I love every version of it.
4: But if it was, but if, if Abrams directed it, you wouldn't. Yeah,
2: I would probably hate it.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a douchebag. Oh, my God, and you can tell him I said that. Like, oh, I, stop it. No, seriously, bring him on the show. I will say it to no, his virtual face
4: and, and then and then he'll and then he'll be like oh okay i guess um all the money that he they're donating for the you know this this event for people to be part of star wars that's uh, such i'm such a douchebag he is I'm sorry yeah he's a douchebag <laughs> i but be- i i want to help people yep. I, I i douchebag
2: fail. you're you're trying to you're trying to atone for your douchebaggery impossible
3: so no, I, I I don't know. <laughs> I feel I feel a kinship to just as a fanboy. I feel like he is
4: a guy on his deathbed who was about to... yeah, yeah, he showed a, a, a Screening of the film Star Trek into darkness to a guy on his deathbed. How is that being a douchebag? <laughs> I, I Because
2: can't. that was the last thing the guy saw before he died. Like could you pick a worse film?
4: <sighs> wow.
3: Transformers any any transformers? <laughs> Hello. Hello. The, the room. <laughs>
2: I mean, like, that's probably what killed him, was the epic letdown.
1: All oh, right, Kriyana. I know, enough. I know.
4: Be a dick. It's actually important. He's getting better. Huh? I don't know what happened. I'm sick. <laughs> that last part I made up. They injected him with con blood. <laughs> 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 oh, that was good. I love that one. So we can
2: we can just add J.J. Abrams to the list of the people I've insulted so hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, show.
2: yeah. Right up, there, right up there with Neil Gaiman and George R.
1: <laughs> anyway, I'm just, I'm just fearful player of player.
4: ever
3: disappointing you,
4: ever.
2: No, like, I don't know. You'd have to do a lot of things really bad
1: for a long time.
4: We were talking about David Tennant, I think, or what was going on.
1: Oh, true. No, I was David Tennant. I was actually going to move off that and, and uh, get Travis's opinion on the rumors that are going around of uh, Hulu is in talks to bring community back for a shortened season six.
3: Um you mean, you mean, or, or also known as a full-size season of community. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just glimpsed a little bit of that this morning, but uh, on my Facebook feed, but I, uh, I think it's not old, it's not new news, right? I mean, the, ever, ever since they announced the cancellation, people have been like, yeah, maybe Hulu will pick it up. And maybe they will. Um, I just it raises all sorts of questions like who of the cast would come would be on board. Who of the of the writing staff would be on board? Um, it's not a cheap show to do, so to do it on um, on a web format, especially like Hulu, which hasn't been great with its original content yet. I, I don't think.
0: <laughs> not really.
3: So, um, do you
0: think Joel McHale would come back at least?
3: That's a question. I mean, would he? I don't know. You know.
4: Sure. So. Like you know, what? this is what I've learned. I, I mean, my, my girlfriend is a huge, uh, huge fanatic of Community. Um, and uh, I met her actually via this whole circumstance with, you know, working with Travis. Aww. Right? Um, and uh, You are
3: welcome. <laughs> Best man at the wedding right
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn well, better be. Right? Uh, and all she asked is, like, you know what? All us fans want, all we want
4: is one more season. We want that six seasons. And, and a, a movie,
2: movie. obviously, even yes. If get
4: movie, even if we don't get the movie... We'd be happy with six seasons because then... Oh, we'll give them
3: the movie.
4: Uh, we'll give them <laughs> like, oh, we'll we the movie. We want the six seasons. That's all we really want. So, I mean, all they would have to do is just one more season. And I think, fan, and you know what? Fan, I think uh, fans would be happy as well as the fact that I think whoever, you know, Hulu, Netflix, whoever brought it on would probably be aware of that and try to wrap that one up a little bit more better than, you know, how they tried right here just because they were... You know, in this season, they were like, "Oh, this might be canceled, so let's try something that's wrapping it up, but keep it going." Maybe I don't know. You know, like they were doing that. But I mean, that's what I think fans would really be just be happy with as well—just lo- one more season.
1: I kind of agree with you. And, uh, I don't know.
4: I mean, I think I, I feel like season five
3: was—it uh, felt like a good uh, recovery from what I felt season four was, <clears throat> and. um and I almost am fearful of of them doing another season if it means doing another season four.
2: Well, yeah. if they do another season, I hope they do it now. I hope it doesn't turn into instead
1: of waiting. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Arrested yeah. Of yeah. Development, Arrested, yeah.
2: where where yeah. they like they did it and then they're like, "We're bringing it back," and everyone was wicked excited. I don't know about you guys if you even watched Arrested Development, but I, I did. I I guess like. Oh, three episodes of the new stuff, and I was just like,
4: it. I watched do it. it, I liked it, I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed it, but I did feel like uh, one of my biggest problems was that um uh, oh my god, I'm I'm blanking on the main character's name all of a sudden. What the hell? Oh my god. Um well you know, I he was Jeff. He, yeah, Jeff, he was a he was an asshole. I'm like, what what happened to him? He he used to be such he was the guy that everyone liked on the show. He was the the reasonable one. Yes, he'd make a couple mistakes, but but then he turned into, like, his family, and I'm like, I don't like that. I mean, he even, he, he screwed his own son, George Michael, over. I'm like, he, he would never have done that. So I was a little disappointed in that, but other than that, I loved the writing. I loved how everything connected, and you were watching an episode, and you are like, oh my god, I, lo- I liked that, but that was my one gripe. That was my one gripe.
2: Yeah, I just, I just couldn't get back into it. I was really kind of disappointed, because I, I really wanted to get back into it, but...
3: It was good. I found myself laughing at least once an episode, which oh, is I what laugh. you know laugh. for a, the the whole first three seasons are just laugh out loud funny. And then season four, I just that I would watch an episode and be like, and and just not laugh. Absolutely. Yeah, and,
2: exactly. Mm. Uh,
3: and so I got that back for season five, and I liked having that back. And it felt like it was uh, it felt like it was a good you know send off. If if indeed I'm I am a i am as a fan uh, am satisfied um and i i just am worried that they might try too much to uh to do more you know just I, really- i've heard
2: rumblings that there were there were thoughts about it and i was like uh please no just just let it That's go not. let it go all
4: right, all right. Let so it
2: go! oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> No you frozen. I, just,
4: I tried not to sing it. I just said you got a frozen it. That's what I'm calling it nowadays. Oh. When people say let it go. I just say you just got a frozen it.
3: <laughs> so, guys, I just I have to say about frozen. My boyfriend said the best thing about that. We were talking about, you know, Disney villains and how they're kind of cheap now. He's like, "You know what? In the old days, a Disney villain would burst out of a skin suit just before she tried to kill you. And now they just pretend to love you." <laughs> 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 That's kind of a, it's kind of an accurate. Uh, and they dropped it like a bad date.
1: Yeah. Then and uh... Anyway, so, all right. The real reason <laughs> Nick and Travis are here is, is is not to you know talk about Star Trek and, and Community. Sorry. Well, kind of to talk about Community in in, a, in an oblique way. Um, we are working uh, towards the Inspector Chronicles. Untitled motion picture about a space traveler who also travels in time. Ooh, so close.
2: It's the other way around, isn't it?
1: <laughs> no, 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 you had it. who can also
3: travel through
2: time. Oh. Ah! You yeah.
4: say it right or don't say it at all.
2: I always get it backwards. I was
3: <laughs> time Trump. traveler who
2: also travels in space. Also? Because it's just so it's just so stupid to think about like a, a You've got this ship, but no, it only travels in time. It does not travel in space. No, it's, like... it's
3: super easy. It's super easy. You just remember it's, it's space time, so space first, then time. Ah. That's why we did it. That's why I did that.
2: That makes... <laughs> and now I'm going to remember that.
3: There right, you go.
4: That was the hardest part about
3: making this movie the title.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: and, and changing the title to be even longer, and uh, and now you know we have a three movie uh, plan kind of uh, that me and Eric are working on, and uh, I was thinking the other day, what do we do for the sequel? Will it be the Inspector Chronicles two, untitled motion picture about a space traveler who can also travel through time, the sequel, or untitled sequel, oh untitled sequel about a true space traveler? Yeah. Or uh, the Inspector Chronicles, untitled motion picture about a space traveler who can also travel through time, part two,
4: episode two, the Phantom, <laughs> episode two,
3: the Phantom, episode menace. two, <laughs>
1: the Phantom
0: <laughs> limb, <laughs> the Phantom
1: oh, limb. Thank <laughs> you.
2: For... <laughs> You're welcome. I was thinking of you, Dome.
1: <laughs> How's it coming? Oh, uh, uh good. <laughs>
3: Uh, we actually um, are finished—not finished, but we did the first draft of the feature version of the script. So basically, um, what we were doing was we had the season two story, which was essentially a an hour long story. And uh, when we got Sylvester and uh, and uh, Robert Picardo on board, Sylvester McCoy, uh, we decided that it was it was a good enough story to do a movie out of. And so uh, then it decided, well, how are we going to uh, turn that? 60 minutes into an hour and a half and uh, we looked at what we had already done with the prequel episode and season 1 and um, we decided to basically start the movie at the very end of season 1 oh, nice. Um, So nice so the prequel episode is essentially the first part of the movie the first like scene, the sequence and then um, we still needed a bit of uh, uh, to rework the script uh, to make sense and we had to look at the format, basically, because a, a series is different than a movie, and you have a different structure, um, but we had to add a sequence um, uh, about the end of the second act, about a 15 minute sequence, I suppose, and uh, so we finished that. Uh, me and Eric Loya finished the uh, uh, the basically the feature version of the script, and then I did a rewrite on that um, to do some minor uh, revisions based on some notes I got from some interesting people like uh, Melinda Snodgrass and uh, Lisa Klink, who are both Star Trek writers. And um, then, uh, now I'll do a third draft based on notes from uh, Galan Ramras, our producer, and then, so we'll ha- and then we'll basically have a shooting script ready. Uh, in the meantime, we're also looking at, uh, we're starting to pitch to investors and uh, look at things like locations and tax credits and stuff like that. So a lot of that is still very much up in the air. Um, but we had a meeting with a distributor already who wants to distribute the film, even though we haven't shot it yet. So that's always a huge that's thing.
1: That's always good. Yes. Card before the horse on that one. That's awesome.
3: Um, so uh, along with that, we have, in addition to the role that we wrote originally for Karen Gillan, that is still on um, cast. We have a number of new roles uh, that we put into the show just because of the story, uh, and they they were they worked. And so we're going to have more casting opportunities um, for cameos and uh, one role that is uh, that you see first in this movie, but then becomes a bigger role in the next movie. So it's a lot of very cool stuff. But it's still uh, the way I describe it to people is it's still on the verge. You know, we, it hasn't been funded yet, um, so we're still kind of. I'm still, anyway, just kind of waiting for that to, to happen, you know. So, um, but we're certainly working very hard on it, um, a lot. So
1: it's funny because I think fans of the project and fans of the uh, the uh, funding project figured, well, they got their money. Where's the movie? Oh, and you think so? Oh, yeah, I do, actually.
3: <laughs> I, is that what you guys think? Because I feel like the, the people who have been communicating with me have been very supportive about, um, about knowing that this is a process and this was the first early start of the process. And at the same time, I feel like it's been my job to uh, communicate honestly and, uh, and clearly and transparently where things are and what's going on. Um, the good news about the film taking longer, because films take longer, is that uh, we got our goals for uh, to do things like the comic book um, right. that uh, that Tony Lee is writing, and um, we also are doing the uh, the radio show. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw on my Facebook, but we have uh, we got I got a couple of action figures in the mail. Um, And the guy who did those, yeah, the guy who did those is doing a piper. So he gave, he sent me the Inspector and Boyish, and they're incredible. And so he's also working on a piper. And when that's done, I'm thinking I can do little, you know, two minute, three minute sketches on the internet, um, on YouTube, uh, with the action figures. And uh, it'll just be a cool way for me to do stuff that we write, and also it's a great way for yeah, exactly, using doing like a robot chicken thing or the guy who did the uh, Marvel Marvel versus DC series on YouTube, Um, uh, and that's something that we could also have fans uh, (laughs) contribute to for writing little sketches, and then we could film those very easily, and uh, and so at least there'd be something happening while we while we continue to work on getting the movie done.
1: And Nick, what have you been? uh, What what's been? Your interface during this still gelling process. Counting the money. No, I'm kidding. Cool. No, I'm kidding. Please tell me you
2: swim in it daily.
1: Oh no! The yeah, Grooch McDuck
4: backstroke. Nice. That's that that's what I do. Except one thing I learned is that you know a bunch of coins is not a liquid. It's a it's a lot of surf, It's just a lot of hard metal that makes a hard surface when you dive into it, so, a couple <laughs> fractured limbs there, but, um, no, no, but seriously, um, it, it, I've been, you know, kind of just in development, I'm, I'm reviewing the script myself, uh, making my notes to uh, give to Golan and to Travis and everything, as well as just kind of like, you know, when I go into a film, especially something that's, um, was given, uh, brought on, where I've been brought on, rather than wrote it, uh, and such, um, I'm more kind of just on the the creative side of it, you know, so, I make sure that, you know, I just got my talents and crew uh, available and ready for what they need to do, knowing what they need to do. I talk to them. I uh, find out what's needed. Like, I'm just jotting down. Like, I, I'm not sure if many of you know, but I, I did the editing. I did a lot of the special effects, at least the compositing. So I'm also looking and reviewing just, like, okay, I could do that in, in camera. I could do that visual effects. I could do this real. Uh, I'm reaching out to people that are asking questions, like, what do you have available if I needed this? You know, I just, I just kind of just, like, just brainstorm uh, about what are the possibilities of what I can shoot you know uh, what, what I love about filmmaking is it's creative problem solving so I'm just reading the script saying how do I fix this problem because this doesn't exist in the real world or I have a day to shoot this when I need five how can I fix <laughs> that you know Jordan just things like that I'm just you know just thinking about stuff and uh, uh, creating my lists creating my storyboards creating my shot lists uh, at least in my head until uh, it's it's official and then I could put it all on paper.
3: Right, and then that's my job too. What I really want this time is to uh, give Nick much more prep time than he had on the prequel episode, because this is—I mean—the this feature is very complicated uh, from a plot point of view, from a visuals point of view, uh, from a scheduling point of view. It's going to be interesting. Uh, So, although we'll have a block of time to shoot it, um, maybe you know, it might be that Bob Picardo can't be there at the same you know. 10 days that uh that sylvester can be there or you know uh, we might have things like that to
4: work out but um right, robert rodriguez the the production
3: yeah exactly so there's going to be lots of, lots of challenges in. i mean and even so even when we talk about uh, having a budget of two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like that that's tiny for a motion picture uh, Absolutely. When, you know, yeah and so uh there's going to be lots of ways that we have to we have to plan super carefully um, on how to actually shoot it and, and get it done, um, uh, so that it can be. Uh, but I, I'm just—I I'm, can't tell you guys how just excited I am to see this come to fruition because I'm the—the uh, the story has come through uh, and is something that is really cool and leads us to a place that is also really cool. And uh, I'm just—I hope that people like it as much as I do.
4: I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm i excited about it too. And like going what you're saying before, I mean, even the last one, like, you know, prep time is like, you know, we, we, you know, that being said, it took us a lot, like four months to put it together over the course of like four days. And so that gave us me plenty of prep time. But this time I'm loving how I have a little bit more and we'll right. be able to put it together with a, you know, a bit more resources, a bit more time. Uh, but just There's just a bit more because of what we've gathered and what we've done so I'm just excited about that. And thankfully, I shoot economically, so we'll be able to like, shoot it in hopefully a, a very fast, efficient time mm-hmm.
1: frame. What are you hearing from the fans that are talking to you? I mean, man, the man, reality man. is we're all fans. I mean, we've been fans of this project since day one.
3: Yeah. Cool. And
1: I can't wait to see what happens with it. What else are you hearing from them? Uh,
4: Ideas. That's a lot of it. <laughs> what? I've heard some ideas for stories. I've had people come up to, uh, to some fans uh, on my page also come up and say, like, hey, you know what would be cool? If Inspector Spacetime did this and this. I'm like, um, uh, cool. <laughs>
3: that would be awesome. But, uh, that's, you know, that's what, yeah, did I do
2: like a lot of that too. Right? Inspector In Spacetime fanfic?
3: Well, yeah. you know, and that's why we we're, the radio show is going to be completely fan-written. Um, we want to do something. We want to give fans... Uh, the chance to actually write something that is, you know, "quote unquote" official, um, and and have us as the actors who are actually the roles perform it for them. And so that's why we can do a radio show because we can do that for a couple thousand dollars and uh, uh, and have it be something really cool. And uh, so I've
2: always wanted to do a radio show on this show. I think it would be really cool if one week we just like came on and it was like. A dark and stormy night, and we just started acting, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Everyone's is going like, on? "Everyone's dying." we talked about
0: five that five for one. years. Yeah,
2: we have, but but scripts keep falling through. You know,
4: you guys could be dying off one by one, and deciding, and the audience could decide who's the killer. Who's exactly. The yeah,
2: murder <laughs> mystery, maybe musical. Who knows? <laughs>
1: oh cool. yeah. Have you seen yeah, that episode? People of- desperately want to hear me sing. <laughs>
2: well, we we just have to write Brian out of that one. <laughs> oh snap!
3: <laughs> so, but uh, unfortunately, we can't. Like, as far as the movie goes, we're having to be fairly secretive about the uh, about the plot, um, you know, uh, and what happens. But everybody's super excited about uh, about Sylvester being on board, and uh, and uh, of course, I I'm a huge fan of him, and Robert Picardo, and Chase Masterson, and uh, Mayim Bialik and you know, and we have other people that we're talking to we just can't say anything about it yeah was my
1: next question that was my next Stella,
3: question Stella. Oh, no
2: they, no no they can't say anything about it because I have, if I they say to- anything
4: i haven't even told anything to my girlfriend i just been she's been like so what's going on i'm like eh, you gotta watch it
2: if they say anything they could blow the deal guys
4: yeah no i can't
3: i can't say anything about people that we might be talking to
2: they'll just have to come back later and fill us in right
3: yeah, sure. After we make an official announcement, I mean, and we make announcements via the via the newsletter, and uh, so if you really want to be on the on the ball with stuff like that, uh, make sure you're uh, subscribed for that. At uh, uh, the Inspector TV is where they have a little form at the bottom, and we'll have and,
2: a link to that on on the show page.
3: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a lot of exciting stuff coming up, and it's just uh, working a lot. <laughs> so. Yep.
4: Yep. Work.
0: <laughs> work. I actually have an
3: intern this week. I don't know if you, if, if I told you, Nick. I had a guy <laughs> Are who. Um, an and this is, you know, maybe this We're is something answer. that uh, we can we can do. Well, no, literally, there was a guy in Wisconsin who uh, found out, um, you know, who I, I guess he he knew kind of my parents uh, through a friend of a friend or something, and he shows up at their house uh, in a you know shirt and tie with his resume in hand and says, "Hey, I'd like to intern for Travis." Um, okay.
4: <laughs> First off, and first off, I mean, I know this is going to be a positive thing, but it, that already sounds creepy, but go on. <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know,
3: and, and, well, honestly, they called me up and they're like, and they started it from a point of, hey, you know, we know this guy, he's in film school in in, in Milwaukee and uh, he wants to, you know, uh, he wants to come intern for you to get an idea of the entertainment industry. Uh, but anyway, he's out here now um, in LA and he, we're doing a couple weeks of work, but he's uh, he's helping a lot uh, and we're doing a lot of this um uh, a lot of the stuff that takes just so much busy work like filling out uh, perks uh, and doing spreadsheets for people uh, to make sure I have all the perks set up to send out for the Indiegogo campaign and, and setting up we have to set up a new company uh, for the film uh, so you know helping do stuff like that anyway um, I don't know it's no, just, I, mean, it, I think the point of that is that it just feels weird that I
4: have an intern No I mean I have like the same kind of situation but you know in my case it's you know, like I said, I'm the creative standpoint. So when it comes to production, I have people already asking me, like, "Hey, if you are shooting, like, we'd like to ask you for, like, you know, love to come down and help if you're if you're needing uh, help shooting this. I have access to this. I have this uh, type of background, so on and so forth. And I keep and I all tell them, like, you know, what? Some productions I'll be like, "Hey, I have that, you know, it's best to ask Travis or or Eric. Or in some cases, I'll be like, "Hey, I'll, I'll let you know if come time, but send me some of your work and we'll see."
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't. I mean, we're so early in, in in production of the movie. We don't even know where we're filming yet because it's still it still could be anywhere. Um, space and
4: time.
3: Yeah, we're anywhere in anywhere in space within some reasonable. Uh, I
2: recommend Boston.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it could be. I actually uh, just got word from someone that New York is a possibility, um, yep. because of uh, because of some tax uh, credits available and stuff like oh, that. That's... So.
4: Yeah, yeah, I think
2: Massachusetts on. actually did have some, some tax stuff available. I don't I don't know if it's still there because it's it's been a while since I've had a commute to work. But I used to see all the time in Charlestown. I actually think they were filming Fringe in Charlestown. Oh really? Well Massachusetts has always
0: had a very good office of film and television office to deal with. I don't know if they still do, but for the longest time they did, up until the nineties.
3: Hmm. Interesting. We're just
2: saying. Yeah, just saying. No reason.
3: Well, it's all up in the air. So a lot of that will happen after the budget. Uh, after we get our investors uh, firmed up and uh, and start actually looking, you know, that well, we have to have the money before we can start booking locations. Well,
2: anything um, you need, guys, real... let us know. We're
1: my real question oh, yes. for you is, what's the timeline look like? In general terms, uh, right
3: now I can't even I can't even guess. Um, it's you know I'll know more once we get investors lined up. But it could be very very fast. It could be that uh, once we actually get like right now we're at a point where we're starting to kind of soft pitch to investors, but we can't actually we're not in a position to you know to get um, investor funds yet. So uh, we still have a lot of things uh, business type things to do before we can uh, get that far. But once we get to that point, which you know should be done in a couple weeks, um, we could feasibly get an investor who wants to fund the whole thing right away, and then and then we could shoot it uh, maybe in the fall and have it you know have a, a cut at least done by uh, springtime for Gallifrey One. That's possible.
1: But it's the business it's the business of creativity, and it's taking a passion project and turning it into something really spectacular. Yeah. I'm oh, just really big, really.
3: I know well, I don't is. think I told Nick about this but I got a letter I got an email on Monday from a guy who uh, is uh, starting a toy company and wants to do a, wants to license a, a series of of action figures and toys for the Inspector Chronicles
4: oh yeah you told me that and I, and I asked like well, do I get one the director action figures. <laughs>
2: that
1: would be awesome. You should oh get one.
4: We'll have to
3: create a character for you, Nick. You can. You should cameo in the in the. In the I movie. want to, but every hey, time
1: Hitchcockian cameo is what's called for here. Absolutely. There you go. You're good. I've seen you act. Nick can act.
4: The scripts are so small. I want to. I want to do it. I want to do it.
1: There you <laughs> <go>. Travis Ritchie <laughs> and Nick Acosta, The Inspector Chronicles, Untitled Motion Picture about a space traveler who can also travel in time. Through time, hey! I finally got it. You were, we're close so close. close. Damn it! Throw <laughs> time, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming back. Please coming back soon.
3: Our thank pleasure, guys. Thank you for having us.
2: Yes, please come back and argue with me, please. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
3: Aprils. Uh, I we'll love it. After, we'll come back in the in the <laughs> summer when we we've, we've got movies and Star Wars will be out, and we'll uh, we'll have we'll judge then. Works
1: for me.
2: Judging.
1: Kriana? Yes, going on okay, so
2: on June 7th, Derek and Chuck of MysteryAircraft.com and Houston Huddleston, God, I hope I said that right, of the Hollywood Science Fiction Museum. Oh, indeed, yeah, indeed. Good stuff. And on July 5th, Peter Vinton is going to reveal his new secret project of secrecy. And that's all I've got, so you guys had better get the rest of that cool stuff you were talking about before. up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Dead Redhead.
0: Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, PopCultureExpo.com, Rhode Island Books and and Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry check out their grooves on com, and our intro music was by Rob Watts and find his work on robwattsonline.com Dome!
1: What an interesting night we've had, more arguments in an hour than you can put in a hat (laughs) and this isn't a hat, it's a podcast
0: I thought you said spit in a hat for a minute That's right,
1: we're going to spit in a hat We missed the Zombrarian tonight, but I want to thank the rest of the cast for joining us. From the revered Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana.
2: Take a look. It's
1: in, it's a, book. in a book. And from the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to the dead redhead once again.
0: I, I'm going to go spit in a hat now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Dome, saying Genie shared pain as shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.